The Last Word with Matt Cooper. To the United States, to Marion McKeown, US correspondent with the Business Post, and Cal Thomas. And Cal, let me start with you. Just fill us in for those who may not be on this side of the Atlantic entirely familiar with the debt ceiling. What is it and why does it consume American politics annually? It's a great question, Matt, and it's uh, one of the crazier things about American politics because there really is no debt ceiling or debt limit. It gets raised every time the spending gets up to that level. I call it uh, an open roof where the sky is the limit on spending. Uh, This recent uh, deal that's been hammered out uh, between Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, and President Biden uh, is displeasing people on both sides. Uh, Some Republicans don't like it. Some Democrats don't like it. But something has got to be passed before the June 5th deadline and uh, the government uh, supposedly goes into default. I'm not going to get into the weeds on this and what it contains and what it doesn't. But I will say that the real problem in Washington is not revenue because the federal government takes in more money a record amount of money every year than any time in its history. It's spending. Ronald Reagan used to say we don't have a debt because the American people are taxed too little. We have a debt because their representatives spend too much. And that's what the real problem is. But something will probably get done because nobody wants to get blamed for uh, any default. Marion McKeown, is the United States a bit like somebody who's living on their overdraft and never manages to clear their overdraft, but continually goes back to the bank to get the ceiling of that overdraft lifted. You talked about me now, Matt. You know, it's, I think it's a really good analogy. And this is why it's so absurd in a way that this is like a credit card. This money has already been spent, basically. And what's more, Congress authorized the spending of this money last year. So now it's like they're saying, OK, now we've, it's like you go to a restaurant and you pay, you know, you you charge up, I don't know, 500 euro for, for your dinner. And then you say to, you put it on your, your uh, Visa card. And then you say to Visa, ah, you know what? I don't think I want to pay for that. You're okay. You know what? <laughs> I'm not paying because the money, the loans have already been taken out. The money has been spent. And now they're saying, eh, you know, we're not going to pay for that. And that's what default would be. Uh, the whole thing, you know, I do partly blame the Biden administration for this because Janet Yellen last year after the midterms, when the Democrats were narrowly defeated by the Republicans in the House, she said before January, get the debt ceiling sorted. Don't leave this until next June for, you know, or May or June. And of course, what they do, they left it because, you know, I mean, it's I I don't know, maybe it's human nature to just leave things to the last minute, but it should have been sorted. And as Cal said, I completely agree. It's an artificial construct anyway, because the money keeps getting spent. But I think the one good thing to come out. Sorry, Marion, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Sorry. Does this still not mean, even leaving aside the analogy that I used, that America spends beyond its means? And you can't continue to do that indefinitely. Yeah, you know, I, America has run up a $31.4 trillion debt over the last 100 years. Now, $8 trillion of that was run up during the Trump era, which is quite staggering when you think that 25% was run up under a one-term president. Uh, and it, the, America does need, and again, it's it's the classic debate. Uh, Democrats say, we have to pay for these things. Let's, let's tax people more. And uh, Republicans say, no, let's just spend less. But certain things have to be paid for. 
are. And, you know, and, and America is a rich country. They could actually figure out a way. When Bill Clinton was president, there was a surplus every year. Now, I'm not saying Bill Clinton was such a great president, but he did show that it is possible um, that you can you can actually spend what you make. And America was in a boom at that time, obviously, but America's doing well now. So it does require both sides to be a bit more disciplined and to have a bit more give and take. And I do think that despite all this chaos and everything, it's actually a good thing that the moderates from both parties are likely going to come together and pass this thing and that next year this drama will be averted. But Carl, could it be that it's the sort of the the ideologically driven on both sides who mess this whole thing up in that, yes, there are things that government should not be spending on, but at the same time, Republicans also benefit or their supporters benefit from for things that are to the advantage of the rich, such as tax cuts, which are not actually what should be allowed either. Well, the rich, of course, uh, hire people for their comp- companies, and uh, those people who are hired uh, pay taxes. Poor people don't hire people, and, and uh, poor people don't pay taxes. But uh, look, I would say that a lot of, uh, and, and Marion's right about Trump uh, increasing the debt, but uh, that was during COVID, of course, and one of the one of the things that's in this agreement is to claw back, as the saying goes, uh, several billion dollars in unspent COVID money. Now, my question is, as I write in my column for Thursday, will this money actually be used to reduce the debt or will the politicians uh, find a way to spend it on something else? Everybody knows what needs to be done in Washington. This is the great frustration that so many of us have. Entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid need to be reformed. Everybody knows this, but they won't do it because they'd rather have the issue on one side and the Republicans don't have the nerve on the other side. So that's why uh, things keep growing and things keep getting in the red. Yeah, but although I understand why you're saying all these things about welfare reform and Medicare and the rest of it, at the same time, there's all sorts of dole for the rich. There's all sorts of tax write-offs and various benefits that rich people get, that that poor people get, and those don't get (laughs) surrendered by the Republicans in return for reform of social welfare. Well, look, it's not, it's not about the rich, Matt. It, the, the, you know, Biden is rich. His family is rich. Uh, uh, the Clintons and Obamas did great book deals, millions of dollars. Bernie Sanders, the socialist Democrat, is very wealthy off the books and speaking, I'm not speaking engagement, off the books he has written. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with being rich. I mean, uh, you know, you and I and Marion are probably richer than a lot of other people. And uh, I certainly pay a lot in my taxes. But the, pro- the problem, the, the great uh, uh, anger for a lot of Americans is, is the misspent money. We send all of this money to Washington and we see the waste, the fraud and the abuse, the unnecessary programs that are not working. And uh, this is what frustrates so many Americans. Yeah, we see the example you use of how people get rich, maybe writing books or whatever. That's the fruit of labor, right? But an awful lot of the rich get richer on the basis of tax breaks for capital. It's not actually for honest endeavor at all. It's wealth creating wealth and been facilitated by the system. 
Well, uh, the uh, the left, uh, the president especially, wants to tax unrealized capital gains even before they're realized. That's what unrealized means. Uh, but, you know, there's not a, a, a fixed amount of, of wealth in this country or income. It's not like uh, we're out to dinner and you take a bigger piece of the pie than me and it's not fair because I don't have any left. Uh, the amount of money available for people to make if they make the right decisions, get a good education, get married before you have kids, be honest and upright in your business dealings. All of these values have worked for generations, and not only in America, but anywhere they're tried, I would say in Ireland as well. Uh, and if you violate those, then you are, uh, you know, you're going to be in trouble financially. So it's not a secret on what needs to be done. And not everybody can be rich, just like not everybody can be a, a professional uh, uh, athlete. Uh, but that doesn't mean that people who are not professional athletes can't make it in other areas. Mary McKeown, why are conservatives targeting Budweiser and indeed the company Target? Well, you know, this is a very good question because at the moment it is proving to be effective for them. There's a a hatred of transgender people in America at the moment that I find just incredibly alarming. And I first noticed it at this year's CPAC when a speaker called Michael Knowles called for who works for the Daily Wire. And the Daily Wire is sort of a it's an online source of basically hatred that's run by Knowles, uh, Ben Shapiro and another guy called uh, Matt Walsh. And they just target uh, trans people at CPAC. Uh, Knowles calls for the eradication of transgenderism. And then he got upset because people said he was calling for the eradication of transgender people. Well, I spoke to him afterwards and I said, what is the difference? Explain to me the difference between calling for the eradication of transgenderism. And he couldn't. He said he didn't want to answer the question. Uh, so the this is they're they're the softest target in America because unlike the gay community, which is very well funded and very well lobbied and and is you know is very effective at defending its rights. Trans people tend to not have the resources, not have the funds, and not have the profile. There are about a, probably a million, one point two million trans people in America, and they are just being literally. It, it's appalling. There have been non-stop uh, legislation passed in. 17 states have now made it. In Tennessee now, it's, it can be a crime. You can go to jail for dressing if you're a man who dresses as a woman. You can go to jail if you perform a trans act in, in what's called a public place. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy stuff. But anyway, it's become... And what about Target and Budweiser? Why are they so, been attacked? Right. Because uh, Target, uh, every year for the last 10 years, for Gay Pride Month, which is June, uh, they bring out a line of clothing, and it's a sort of a rainbow-themed line of clothing, as they call it, and they've got slogans saying, you know, be proud, etc., etc. It's really benign stuff. And this year they had a T-shirt that said, trans people will always be here, and a couple of other things. Um, and basically, these people, and it's a handful of people, Matt Walsh and those, they went berserk, and they went online, and they said boycott target boycott target and this whole thing starts and then in states like south carolina north carolina florida texas the gay um, merchandise was shoved to the back of the store or removed entirely there was also a british designer who was involved a guy called eric carnell who has a british online clothing company and uh, he had he had a couple of lines and i saw them they're so benign but they were withdrawn completely because he was accused of having links to satanism 
And uh, it's just this hysteria. And the same happened with Budweiser. What Budweiser did was they sent a gift pack of, uh, I think it was a dozen cans of Bud Light that they had bespoke. And they had the face of a very popular trans um, influencer called Dylan Mulvaney, who's 26. And they sent um, her these cans that were personalised. They weren't for sale anywhere. Uh, She posted a picture of them and then Kid Rock you know, decides that he's going to go and shoot up a bunch of cans of Bud and Ron DeSantis goes, I'm never drinking Bud Light again. And they lose billions and billions. So now Bud has suspended the people who came up with the marketing campaign. Uh, Target has withdrawn some of the, the items. And this sort of level of hatred is is really working. OK, well, let me go to you, Cal. The likes of this Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Aren't they just really sort of nasty grifters who just see an opportunity to build their own brand by appealing to the baser instincts in some people? Yeah, I think that's true, Matt. And uh, unfortunately, they're not alone. Uh, There are many groups out there who do the same thing on all sides to raise money, to get influence, to get on television, to expand their their mailing list and and so forth. But I think uh, with respect to what Marianne and you were talking about at Target and and Budweiser and all these other things, there is a general feeling among uh, people who are – Uh, religious and conservative in America, that all the values that they care about are being undermined deliberately by activists in these areas. And the media is helping in this. There's a new YouGov uh, poll out that shows the difference between the perceived size of minority groups versus the reality. Uh, The perception is that 5% of the country is transsexual. The reality, YouGov says, is 0.3 to 0.7%. Bisexual, the perception is 10%. The reality is 1.3%. Gay and lesbian, 15% is the perception, 1.8% is the reality. So there's a feeling that the media is driving a lot of this stuff for their own reasons. And uh, the rebellion... But, but Carl, hold the... on a second. Whatever about the percentages, what about amongst these so-called Christian conservatives? A little Why bit so of Christianity. Called? Well, because they're not showing very much Christianity in the hatred well, that they exhibit well, you... towards people who are different. How would you describe Christianity, Matt? What does that mean? What is the definition? Well, I think there's an awful lot, isn't it? Didn't Jesus Christ urge people to turn the other cheek, to be accepting of others? Didn't Jesus go to the temple and throw out the moneylenders and the rest and go to those who were the poor? Isn't the basis of Christianity supposed to be support for those who have the least? For those who are different? Christianity is uh, that we are all sinners and are in need of redemption, not reformation. And only that comes through uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And those who confess think... their sins are faithful and just to have their sins forgiven. Marion, do you want uh, to have a last word I, on that? Can I, yeah, can I just get in here? Um, the, the thing with these um, religious groups, these extreme groups, is nobody's asking them to dress up in trans outfits they don't want to just leave these people alone nobody's forcing people to get divorces or to get abortions or anything else it doesn't mean that you shouldn't respect the rights of other people and I find this sort of the, the level of ferocity and hatred directed by conservative groups at people who are different who just are different to them and um, who are not trying to influence them or force them into their way of life it's just really disturbing and you know America is not supposed to be about that 
Okay, we're going way over time. I I have to leave it. Well, Cal, thankfully you don't, but unfortunately a lot of people do. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.